Welcome to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. everybody welcome back i'm ben canning i'm dave kennedy and this is hacking your health podcast good did it everything in order dude we're like pros we're pro at this point <laughs> <laughs> cool so we were just saying there obviously it's been a while since well i mean it's been two weeks but it feels like it's been a long time so what's been going on well i just got uh got back from vacation which was absolutely beautiful uh we went to uh grand cayman which is kind of like our normal spot now that we kind of go on vacation at if we can um, but uh, I had a nice little place right on the ocean and, uh, you know, didn't do a darn thing other than lift every single day and, uh, you know, hang out at the beach and get super burnt and, uh, you know, <laughs> got to spend time with the family. You know, it's interesting. I, I would say that this is actually the first vacation where for some reason, all of my kids got along and didn't murder each other. And it was like, so stress-free. Like normally when I get back from vacation with the kids, I'm like, I need another vacation away from the kids. And uh, I didn't feel that way. I actually felt came, came back energized, uh, you know, rejuvenated, felt really great and uh, definitely good for the mind and body to uh, to do those every so often to get away from things and just detach. Good. I'm looking forward to seeing how burnt you really are whenever you send your check in. So I was, I'm actually going to send you I was going to send you like a, a, a big circle around like it's it's right on my right quad. So what okay. happened was, you know, I had I had, you know, swim shorts on. And, you know, I went into the ocean and everything, and I put sunscreen on, obviously, and I, I, I literally did 50 SPF the entire time. I was so good. I was so regimented because what always happens on vacation is I get, like, horribly burnt the first day, and then it just sucks the rest of the vacation. I mean, like, it's, it's happened, like, every vacation, and Aaron every time is like, put sunscreen on, put sunscreen on. So, like, I did religiously this time. I'm like, I'm not going to get burned, okay? And so I, I put sunscreen on, and when I sat down, you know, my, my shorts had ridden up a bit. Uh, to where I hadn't put sunscreen and I wasn't paying attention. And literally, I have this one part of my quad that it's in it, 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 it the check. It's by the way, it's been been a week now, I guess, since I've been in, you know, like almost a week. And it's still burnt red. Like it was purple. It was it was torched to a crisp. It is not good. So you're definitely going to see that in check in video. <laughs> I guess the last the last time we spoke, you were saying we were trying to decide if you were going to do visit the tanning salon again. So I guess people need to know, did you go again before you went or did you just go straight? I did, I did go to the tanning salon one more time, um, and uh, I, I didn't get burned. I, I did six minutes instead of eight, uh, okay, and that good. seemed to be okay. And, um, you know, I had a little bit of a red tint. Uh, like, my two areas, for some reason, that get super, like, burnt really easy is, like, right here in the top of my chest. And then, like, the, 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 the kind of the small part of my – if you're looking on YouTube, it's a small part of my belly here. It's, like, two red spots. I don't know why, but – um, everything else was fine. And then, it, you know, it went down. So I was fine the whole week actually. And, uh, didn't have any issues. It, it, you know, it's funny. Cause like the first day we get there, I'm like, Oh, I'll just use like the tanning oil, which is like 15 SPF. And Aaron's like, no, 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 no. You're putting the 50 on. I'm like, yeah, it's a good call. A good call. <laughs> I mean, it's just so you have a little look after it. Yeah. 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 And then of course my quad just gets, gets wrecked. So it was, uh, it was so bad, but other than that, it was good. Yeah, yeah, you know, I came back um, relaxed, and you know, the, the the it's it's 
it's crazy, like the stressors that you deal with day in and day life. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to um, a podcast and I can't remember which one it was offhand, but they, they talked about how when, you know, we were back in our tribe days, you know, where we didn't have technology and, you know, where human beings were really, you know, really only about 150 deep from a tribe perspective and why we actually um, increased, you know, as far as population, how we're able to fend off, you know, animals and things like that based on our tribe collectiveness. Um, you know, we, we had stressors every day in our lives that we dealt with, right? You know, we had animals eating us, we had, you know, starvation, we had lack of food, you know, everybody had to commit to those daily stressors to improve life and agriculture and things like that. And so our bodies are wired um, to, to handle stress and to, you know, endure stress on a regular basis. And what's interesting is if you look at um, all of the old things that used to be a problem for us, they're no longer a problem for us, right? We don't have to worry about being eaten by an animal, at least unless you're not camping out in the middle of nowhere with a bear or, you know, food is readily available. So all the stressors that we used to have historically as human beings are gone. And so we create our own stressors, right? You know, work is obviously a stressor, um, dealing with emails and phone calls and text messages and, you know, uh, credit scores and, you know, making sure we can make our payments. So, those stressors are basically the same identical type of stressors that we created for ourselves, very similarly to how we had to live back in those days. And so, you know, it's interesting when you actually go on vacation for a week and you eliminate those stressors, you really don't have any stressors. So your stressors start to become like, well, shit, where am I going to go eat at today? You know, like, you know, <laughs> where, what beach do we go to? And those are a lot lower on the scale of stressors than what you have to deal with on a regular basis. Or so what, I came back. what guy am I going to have to deal with in the gym today? It's going to piss yeah. me off. So, so there was the socks guy, which we'll get into that discussion here about socks here in a little bit. But, uh, um, but uh, uh, you know, it was it was it was a very good trip. Came back very rejuvenated, relaxed, feel great. You know, it's interesting. My heart rate variability, my recovery is is up there. Um, you know, everything just just hit full track just from a from a one week vacation. So highly recommend getting out there and getting away from things and actually detaching. I, I literally sent emails if someone messaged me like I'm like, Hey, I'm on vacation, I won't be back till Sunday to you know, I'm not, I'm not responding, basically. And yeah. uh, I was able to do that. Good. I think, well, that's obviously, you know, what we want to get into and what we want to talk about. But I think, even you know, chatting to a couple of guys after they came back from the few days that that we spent in Ohio, like they said something similar that, you know, okay, potentially their nutrition wasn't one hundred percent. They were potentially drinking more alcohol than they should have been. Um, P- not potentially really was was definitely <laughs> occurring. They were, <laughs> but they were not getting enough sleep. They were drinking too much alcohol. and They weren't eating, but they were recovering better. HRV was better. Rest and heart rate was better because they didn't have those stressors of of day-to-day life like emails and work and whatever else so i definitely think that that's a good point to note but it's interesting what you say about how we sort of not that it's a massive stress trying to work out where to go for dinner who's going to piss you off in the gym but it's almost like your body's craving some sort of stress in some way yeah it, it does it, it isn't it and it's strange how we we have to have stressors in our life in order for us i think to feel uh, human right because yeah. we've always dealt with stressors our entire life it was actually interesting do you know why kids have night lights on at night you know why that is why why that's a comfort feel for for kids no because when uh we were growing up through our ancestral ages uh we used to have campfires to protect us against predators and so it's an alleviation factor for kids and protection when there's light on because you know the whole predator aspect of things of animals coming in and killing us in the middle of the night uh you know (laughs) so it's interesting how how we've evolved you know over the years and how a lot of that stuff is still stuck in our dna and how we still, you know, are, are literally animals, you know, that have, you know, obviously have intelligence and everything else. But, you know, those those stressors are things that that are how we compute and how we 
actually handle day-to-day life. And, you know, we create our own stressors. I mean, social media has no bearing whatsoever on anything at all in life, yet it stresses people out, right? And it becomes their, their, their tribe too, right? You know, it becomes their tribe of people that they, we used to have to, you know, be next to each other too, but now you have this tribe on social media and create your own stressors there where it literally is just data. It's not even real. So, you know, we, we, it's interesting how we manage and interpret stressors and how stressors are pretty much day, day, day in and day of our life, but it's how we manage that stress that I think is so important to our well-being and our mindsets and how we actually accomplish what we want to accomplish in life, whether that's, you know, being successful in business, whether that's being a great father or great, you know, having a great family, whether that's, you know, um, you know, uh, doing well with your fitness and health journeys, all of those things are managing stresses and being able to apply yourself, even when you're under heavy stress to be able to reduce those. And also recognize that in the grand scheme of things, is it really this big of a stress or am I telling myself that, uh, because, you know, I'm letting this get to me from a stress perspective. So a lot of these things are things that we can manage, I think. And I think a good discussion point of today, how we manage stress. Yeah. Well, I think the, I've actually dealt with this a couple of times with clients recently that they, they are saying that, you know, they they have a lot going on. It's a lot of stress and like, obviously people deal with lose of different shit and have lots of different stressors, you know, on, on a massive scale. And the only thing that I can ever sort of give them a better perspective on is, you know, control the things that you can control. So if you have something in your life that you think, oh, I'm really stressed about, about this, like if you take 10 seconds to think, right, is there actually anything I can do to change it right now? If the answer is no, then sack it and then go to the next thing that you can have control of. Now, yes, okay, it's easy for me to say that, but I think if you have that sort of thought process on it, it could definitely help sort of differentiate between the things that you can actually be stressed about and deal with, with things that there's actually no point in, in being stressed about because there's nothing you can do about it. Like being stressed about the price of fuel, like, okay, right, it's, it's high, but there's fuck all we can do about it. And the people here are dealing with it on the other side, there's a lot more going on than, than how much the fuel costs. Yeah, and I think those stressors are important to know. I used to I used to always get anxiety around um, my, my work, especially around like unhappy customers. You know, if a customer was unhappy, I'd get this big pit in my stomach. I'd feel like the entire world was crumbling down upon me and that there was no way I could climb out of it. I was in this darkness, right? And what I started to realize is that there's always going to be unhappy people in your life. There's always going to be unhappy people that you're dealing with. Did you do the best job you possibly could to make that successful? And, if, 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 and, and are there ways to make it even better? And in the event that you have something that's like a pissed off customer or, you know, you have something like that, you want to do everything you possibly can to help that person, but realize it's just one customer out of, you know, hundred thousand customers that, that you, you don't, you know, that, that are perfectly happy and fine with everything that you're doing. And you have one person that maybe just had a shit day and you know, they're, they're taking on you or they're not a good person or maybe you messed up, you know, messing up happens. It's not the end of the world. So how do we take those stressors and reduce them in our own minds so that they aren't creating this, this cyclical effect of putting ourselves into them. And I think there was a podcast that we had, you, you had um, talked about before. It was either, either there or a tweet that you said, but if your entire life is, you know, negativity, right? And if your entire surrounding of your, the same group think of people that you're with is negativity, you're going to be a negative person and, and you're going to make people around you negative as well. And, you know, the group thing thing is, is such a interesting one because, you know, again, social media and, you know, things like that have surrounded us with people, the same type of, of opinions and things to that effect. And, we get in our own myopic views of things versus what's reality. And all of those things contribute to our stresses. So if you're around folks that are continuously upset or continuously angry with the world, and, and believe me, there's a lot of stuff to be angry with in the world. There's a lot of stuff that, that you should be upset with. But if that's your day-to-day life, that's going to impact your health. That's going to impact your, your drive and motivation, your obsessiveness around specific things and focusing, you know, hyper-focusing on those. 
those are all things that will impact your, your, your life in some way. So my best advice for people, especially a mindset, uh, is, is reduce as much negativity as possible and negative people from your life so that you can be happy with what you have, what you've accomplished. And again, there are, there are studies, you know, a long-term history of evolution of, 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 of humans where we live and strive for completing something for our tribe. You know, whether that's creating a, a you know a pot or agriculture, but we you know we're we're providing for one specific purpose of human survival. Same thing from a global perspective. We we all want humans to survive in asteroid things. So you know, I think colonization of of different planets is a great idea, right? You know, but we're all striving for 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 goals for ourselves to make each other better. And I think most people would say, "Hey, I want to make the world a better place," or "Hey, I want to make my kids' life better than when I when I came on here," right? And those, those types of positive things that you can look at and complete things for your tribe, that's why donating to charity feels good. That's why going on helping others feels good. That's why, you know, doing good things equates to good vibes to you. Good karma creates good karma. All of those things are true things that, that really happen. So, you know, think of your life as that type of way. How do you surround yourself with those positive elements to impact positivity in your life? And, and, and again, Andrew Huberman uh, did a podcast on this. Uh, around uh, your ability of, of creating positivity and how negativity creates negativity. And those are very contagious things in your life. Yeah, I think the, the thing about that for me is, is having perspective on things and, you know, even being able to see it from the other side, like you said, you know, okay, maybe you've dealt with someone who has been pissed off, so they've taken that out on you, but being able to sort of know that potentially they've had a shit show and not to sort of reflect that truly on yourself or not to allow it to impact your day. Like, I think that's a, that's a strong mindset because it can be easy to sort of absorb that and then become that. And I think a decent point to note on that is some people have their whole identity around being pissed off about things and that is obviously their choice and whatever but if you can recognize that you know people generally they maybe don't want to be happy and they want to just be seen to be pissed off about something and, and rant about things if you can sort of separate yourself from that i think that's a good a good point to note like the fucking multivitamin guy <laughs> yeah i mean obviously that guy was upset with life life in general but uh well i mean a good example just just the other day you know I, I get home from from the caymans and um i decide hey it's a good time to completely redesign my my network infrastructure at home and i upgrade my wireless and it's broke as shit like the the new technology that that uh, amazon put out euro 6e is just broke like it doesn't handle large scale no networks it's just constantly rebooting connecting the android app is bugged to hell it's 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 just a terrible product right now. Again, it'll probably get better. I'm at the point now where I'm I, literally as soon as this podcast ends, I'm going to the store and buying a whole new system, and I'm going to return <laughs> everything else. Um, and I'm pissed off about that, right? Because you know, I spent good money for a product that historically has been really good, and they you know probably rushed it out. And you know any new product that you get is is typically riddled with bugs and things like that. But this is like something very uniquely different. And again, no knock on anybody there that works there. You know I've been a huge fan for a long time, but you know I'm on supports. And, you know, I could have totally been an asshole to the person on support, but it's not the person's in support's issue. It's not their problem. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of development, rush product lines, sales and marketing, big conglomerate company, compatibility, maybe with testing a lot of, you know, large size networks or short size networks and, and everything in between. And doing home networks is tough in general. So things that you run into that you wouldn't necessarily run into in, in your own test environment. So there's a lot of complexities here that make the product what it is today. And the support person is there to help me. I'm not there to shit on him and say, your product sucks. I can't believe you were part of this company to do this. No, thank you so much for taking your time 
and for your job to try to help me facilitate this to get this to work. And even though you're probably not going to be able to uh, fix my issue because it's a bug with the product, let's walk through the steps to figure out what's the best way of doing this, right? And so eventually it got escalated, you know, to tier two support. And it's going to take me six months probably to get a response back from them. But at the end of the day, you know, that person had a great day. I had a great, you know, discussion with individual, talked a little bit about their life, our lives, you know, and everything was good because they had normal human conversations. But again, if I was a total dick, you know, and I'm pissed off at this product, I'm going to be a dick to this guy. And this guy's going to have a bad day. And he's going to be a dick to the next person. You know, it's, yeah. it's this contagious aspect of things that it's really makes a huge impact. Of people it being is. Dicks. It is like, and it happens to me all the time. Like if I get a dick at the store, I'm like, man, that guy's a dick. I'm going to be a dick to somebody else. You know? So it's like, it's like, why, why, why do we do this? Why do we do this? <laughs> One thing that I found recently, like if I've been on call or on hold or support to someone and they ask me what I do and I tell them, I autom they automatically like, oh, so you know what? I do a bit of the gym myself. And then you're like a 20 minute deep conversation about the gym and about training. I'm like, Okay, well, you're number one, you're welcome. And number two, can we sort the fucking problem with <laughs> You know, it's funny. I uh, I watched a video yesterday of uh, Jay Cutler going to the gym. Uh, I think it was a gym called Mecca. And um, he, uh, it's funny because he was trying to get his workout done. And literally, he gets stopped by every machine he goes to to have a conversation. So his workout, which is probably going to be, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, ends up being like a three-hour video because he's continuously, you know, having to interact with people. And, you know, again, Jay could be a total dick and be like, listen, I'm just trying to get my, my, my workout in, you know, leave me alone. But instead he's like, no, man, like, let's, let's talk. Let's have a good conversation, you know, and it's not going to hurt me to take a, you know, five minute pause between my break to go and have a conversation with you. So I dedicate a little bit more time to talking to things. So it's, it's those act of kindnesses that, that make a difference in the world and huma hum humility and humanity that I think we've lost a lot on the online stuff. Because you don't read people's facial expressions. You don't read people's intent. You don't read, you know, and, and people aren't the greatest at communicating online either, too. So it's hard to express emotion, which we cue off of very heavily, both from a video, visual, auditory, and everything else perspective. Um, even smell and taste and things like that. And, you know, um, pheromones and things that, that, that occur that, you know, we, we don't recognize but are naturally occurring in our bodies. You know, those types of things we lose directly with communication online, too. So I think when you're on a phone with somebody... You're losing the video aspects of a person. They're not really a human on the phone. It's just somebody I'm talking to and screw them because I'm pissed off. You know, whereas if they're right in front of you, you're going to be like, oh, it's, it's a human being. I'm not going to treat this human being with disrespect. So I think a lot of the things that, that we do, I think, you know, online has made up a big part of the negativity. Um, but I also think it's created a lot of positivity too. So for me, you know, it's, it's, it's your choice, right? Is, is it, do you want to be, a negative person online, which will impact your health, which will impact your performance, which will, which will impact your, your recovery, which will impact your physical ability to do things, your drive at your office and job, or do you just tune out the negative noise, you know, mute block people that, that are negative or that you're not interested in, and then focus on people that are positive in your life. And that has been something that has been transformative to me because, you know, I went through a lot with the whole uh, conference thing with DerbyCon. And, you know, I felt like the world was collapsing on me when I was just trying to do the right thing to help people out. And we were all trying to do the right thing to help people out. But no matter what we did to do the right thing, it was always met with just a whole bunch of pile on from the social media stuff that you deal with on day in and day out. It was just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. It didn't even exist. It wasn't even real. And yet it weighed us down so much that it impacted our personal lives. And, it, you know, again, something that's completely made up and fabricated has no bearing on reality of what actually occurred or what we did to try to, you know, to, to help folks out. And, you know, it was weighing on us so much that, you know, we canceled the conference in many cases. And so when you look at it and you say, well, why? I mean, like, 
you know, and after that point, I'm like, listen, I'm done dealing with that stuff. Like I, it's not, it's not real. So get rid of the fake things that aren't real in life and the, the noise, the drama. And I, I don't mean to use the word drama in, in it. There's a lot of obviously things that are happening out there that need addressing and correcting and things to that effect. I, I'm not, I'm not dis discrediting that, but you know, with the, the, the fabricated type of, of negativity from the outrage community um, at large is just largely noise. It's not real. So remove uh, removing that from my life made things a lot better. Removing politics. I don't watch the news. I don't read the news. I get, you know, clips here and there like, hey, you know, obviously Ukraine war and stuff like that. But I don't watch the news. I don't go to news organizations. I'm on the news, but I don't watch myself on the news. <laughs> um, I actually hate watching myself in anything um, or listening to myself, too. But, uh, you know, but I, I don't I don't allow myself to be consumed day in a day out with things that I can't correct or address. If, if there's things that I can correct and address and make the world a better place, I will do it. You know, uh, I created a, a technology institute for a heavily po poverty area for technology and computing and gaming, uh, where I created 11 scholarships a year for very poverty stricken, uh, poverty stricken, predominantly black neighborhoods. Um, you know, I do charity events all the time. I mean, Trusted Tech donates a ton. All of our swag stores go to charity. You know, we, we try to make the world a better place any way we possibly can. And those are the things that I can directly impact. I can't impact everything else. So why deal with it? Why bother with it? Why even make it make it a bothersome for me? And my life has been so much better because of it. Yeah, I think the obviously, you know, what you do with a lot is great. And it just goes back to control the controllables. But I think, you know, like you say, you can get so well, people can get so caught up in the negativity that is social media, but it's a simple fix. You just need to not read the stuff like unfollow the people block the public meet, meet the people like you're literally in control of what you absorb and if it is all negative then that's obviously going to come through in the rest of your life and everything else so like i don't purposely don't follow a lot of people on social media for that reason and even other coaches but like oh did you see this coach is doing that i'm like it's probably about three coaches that i follow because i'm their friends of mine are respective in the industry but aside from that like i don't really know what anybody else is doing because it doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. Like it's not, it's not up to me. I just have to focus on what I'm doing with you guys and, and everybody else. So fully in control of the stuff that you absorb on social media and the same with the news. Like I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what's going on in the news again. Yes. I know the same, the same things that you do, but it's like anything beyond that. It's like, I don't know. Don't it's, even know. It's, it's not, you know, honestly, and, and I know, again, I understand people are very uh, focused on that. That's kind of their, their tribe or what they're focused on that that's if that's for you that's for you that's fine you know what it's not for me right and those are the things that i have eliminated to to make things a lot easier for me to cope with day in and day out. i focus on my family i focus on my businesses i focus on my friends i focus on my health i focus on the things that i can impact to make a positive influence on people um and obviously this podcast and working with you uh positive you know influence i mean time and time again i, I just got another direct message today saying, you know, someone's down 25 pounds. It's the first time they've ever been able to lose weight in their entire life and that they're on track for everything that they want to accomplish in life and that they're, they're so much better off. You know, those are the types of things that I live for because I'm making an impact on somebody's life. Like, you know, like you're making an impact on somebody's life. You're changing their life in some way, shape or form. And that's the most notable thing. That's to me, that's the most positive that you can get uh, in life is by helping other people. And, you know, if you can accomplish that with a whole bunch of people, that's great because guess what? They're going to help other people. And that shit is contagious as hell. And more people helping more people, that's how we get better, right? That's how we improve society. That's how we improve each other. That's how we improve working with one another, the humanity aspects of things, by helping one another and picking people up. And uh, I think that's the big piece. Now, one thing we didn't get to, Ben, 
that that because we just kind of jumped into the subject. But how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm actually doing really, really good. I um, I should be told. Like, I mean, I feel like it's taken me probably this week to catch up with everything from being away. Um, obviously, I still work when I was away, but just like getting back to normality and, and whatever else, and then obviously Easter stuff and whatever. But um, yeah, and the things are good. I went to see the story that I was going to get into sort of relates to what's been going on, but I went to see a physio. Obviously, I've been complaining about my shoulder for, I don't know, three or four months. But just you talking about like things that you do and things that you can control. So he was like, obviously asked me what I did and I told him and he was like, like, what sort of people do you work with? And I told him and he was like, you know, outside of work in the gym, like what else do you do? And I was like, um, nothing, <laughs> not much really, but it's <laughs> like, you know, pretty we, much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is pretty much it. But it's like, you know, okay, like I'll spend time doing this and sort of the podcast and I'll spend time having calls with people and whatever else. And like, it's funny because if I equate the amount of hours that I put into work as such, it's probably quite a lot, but none of it actually feels like work. And I feel like that's yeah. probably the best thing for me because I don't mind putting the time in. Like I don't mind scheduling calls. I don't mind having to put the hours into the work in. And like anything that I've ever done in the past where I was working for someone, I wouldn't have minded doing, you know, 70, 80, 90 hours a week, but you're working to help, you know, you're working for someone else. Whereas I can do that now number one, help people improve the quality of their life. And number two, I'm doing it for myself and I don't see it, but it did make me think I'm like, I'm going to need some sort of hobby because if I'm interacting with other people and ask me what else I do, I'm like, just go to the gym and that's, you know, just do my work and that's it. But, uh, interesting. So obviously I've always thought, uh, it was my shoulder. Long story short, we did everything. We did all the tests and he basically thinks it's an issue with my bicep tendon. So your bicep will connect up through your shoulder. Um, and I don't really know if this is exactly what he was getting at, but from what I gather, he basically has said to me, and I'll take it this way, that the you need to eat are... more ketones to fix it. <laughs> no, <laughs> the muscle, like my chest muscle and my shoulder muscles are too strong for my tendons. So my tendons need to catch up. Um, so what you're so saying is your tendons are being little bitches right now and the rest my of your body is like, yeah, ready my, to go. My left hand bicep tendon is being a little bitch and everything <laughs> else is fine. Um, but yeah, he just basically said, I just need some time to catch up. It's not, it's not a massive problem. And he said, even I said, it's probably been about three months. And he said, even with that, like it's probably still quite early on in it to, to catch it. So I have to just limit what I do in terms of certain movements, for example, not do any sort of pressing with any bar, not do any sort of pressing overhead. If I'm pressing like chest press with dumbbells to either really control the movement to a point where I'm not pushing past on my shoulder or else just move to floor press. So I'm not like pulling on it. Say and floor press, yeah. I have like four or five rehab exercises that I have to do with like two pound dumbbells and give it this one and like just this sort of movement. But um, so you're gonna have one like one. one. <laughs> he said. He said to me himself. Actually, now that I look at it, your left bicep's a bit smaller than your right one. I was like, Oh what? no, that's the worst <laughs> thing you say to me. Like, <laughs> and I was like, What do you mean? Like how much smaller? Like how did you notice? But uh, someone, yeah. someone on Twitter said to me one time. He's like, Your your left shoulder looks bigger than your right shoulder. I'm like, What the fuck? And I'm like, You know, I go, I, I go in the mirrors. I'm like, No, 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 no. So like, I've been like working my right shoulder. I'll do a little more extra. <laughs> Two extra sets of time. Fuck that guy on Twitter. <laughs> But no, so it's good to sort of know I haven't put a lot of loads. It's actually funny. So last, it was probably last, I'm going to say Tuesday was the first day I'd been back in the gym training with Hammy, and I, like, I felt great. And it was obviously because I hadn't trained probably in about, I would say probably eight days. And I was like, you know, I was doing chest press and it was like 110 pound dumbbells. I was like, I feel good, but I don't want to like push it past 
you know, I don't want to get sort of put the cart before the horse. So I, I did, I did one fifteen the other day, by the way, just on that door. Well, send me the video and I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyway, it's good to it's good to know what's going on and have a plan. Um, and he says, like, within a few months, it should be caught up and we should be good to go back to it. said that we just need to sort of start to reintroduce things. So me not doing any overhead press, you remember whenever I was there, I just didn't do it. Yeah. So he said that was the yeah. right thing to do. And it was funny. How long, because how I was long like, did they say it's going to take? He said probably about three months. If if it depends, obviously, if the, the rehab and the treatment works. Um, but he said probably about three months back to sort of train at full capacity. But he said that... You know what that means, though? Wanna... You, know, you know what that means? <sighs> no. That's that's three months of me working on just those areas very heavily so that I can that's be okay. your That's hair, okay. So. But at least my yeah. tendons will be caught up and everything will be good. <laughs> I'll not have any issues. Um <laughs> But he was saying like one of two things will happen whenever you get an injury like this, either you'll just stop, people will just stop doing anything to avoid it or else you'll just be pig headed in par three, which is what I did. Yeah. yeah. And he said, neither, neither are the right thing to do. But generally he said to just sort of adapt what you're doing um, is probably the best thing to do, which is what I have been doing probably just subconsciously. But I'm on the journey now. It'll be interesting to see as funny because I, I sent a screenshot through to him and he was like, right. You have to do these things that the physio says because I want to know if physio actually works. Because any client that he's dealt with before, whenever they get stuff from the physio, they go, oh, "Yeah, yeah, the physio gave me exercises, but I haven't done them." So I'm going to my pink, my pink dumbbells should be here today, and I'm going to have like the boxes out and everything set up. But it should be yeah, interesting. That's, that's something to be said. Like, and I, I know when I was going to like a PT or something like that, and they'd be like, "Oh, you have like hip bursitis or something like that." They'd be like, "Oh, you need to do these, you know, five stretches per day." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Don't do the five stretches ever." Didn't do that. Like, no, I know, never, I know, I know. never. Yeah. 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 Yeah, same yeah, thing so for I'm like. I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. All right, let me know how it goes. Seriously, I, I, I will. Like that. I will. Yeah, I will. I'll keep us updated in the progress. One thing, one thing you did chat about that I, I thought was a good point to bring up is that you don't feel like this is work, right? And I think that's an important aspect to, I think, what drives me and ultimately why you and I work so well together. You know, when I did when I started off my my career in security. It wasn't a job for me. It was it was one of these things where I loved doing it. I loved hacking away code. I loved figuring out vulnerabilities and exposures. I loved, you know, going into environments and exploring things that I never identified before and just learning something new. It was like this big puzzle, this big exciting game that I was going through day in and day out. And I couldn't get enough of it. I mean, you know, we talk you know, we talk about the the bragging aspects of being, you know, up at four o'clock in the morning and coding and, and not sleeping and not taking care of our bodies. The reason why I did that is because I loved it. I couldn't shut myself down because I was always learning more and more. And so every day I was smarter and smarter and smarter. And every day I learned something brand new that I had never done before. And it was this massive like brain tax too, because, you know, you remember when I first um, was learning exploit development and, you know, there was a paper on frack that was like uh, getting around data execution prevention. I think it was from like Egypt. It was like one of the first papers that came out of data execution prevention bypasses and getting around uh, read only memory uh, pages. And, you know, it was such a, a vague article it was kind of like a more of an experimental, like it's potential hypothetical. And so I remember sitting there for like literally two weeks in my basement, you know, luckily Aaron loves me to death, I guess. But, uh, um, and I just had pizza boxes everywhere and, you know, pop soda boxes and everything, living the, the healthy lifestyle and, you know, just racking my brain trying to figure this out. And I, I think I, I put it in some stupid, it was like a really easy buffer overflow on SL mail. And I reworked the uh, buffer overflow to have like one of the first, 
working exploits of data execution prevention at the time, which, you know, hadn't been done before. And it was one of those things where I felt so accomplished because, you know, like when I first started with it, I'm like, I have no idea what any of this means. I need to research it. I need to figure things out. And it just taxed my brain, taxed my brain, get frustrated. Like, I'm so stupid. I'm an idiot. Go upstairs, you know, sleep for like two hours, come back. Like, oh, I can remember this. I can do this now a little more. That 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 game thing was, it was never uh, a job. You know, it was always exciting. It was always fun. But most importantly, what I loved about what I did was I shared all my information. You know, I, I shared my tools. I wrote new tools. And what fueled me was helping my tribe, which was the security industry, the security community at the time. And, you know, that fueled the security community to grow and to add on, to build things and to do things differently. And so that collective knowledge created what we have as the security industry. I'm not saying I'm the only person. There's a lot of people that contributed their knowledge. You know, I'm just one of, of many. But, you know, that 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 sense of value that you're getting from helping others is is what drove me in this industry to, to progress myself forward. And I think that's why I was telling this actually to somebody uh, that was, uh, I, I think just reached out to you for a consultation to potentially use you, um, was that I said, I think that's why Ben and I get along so well is that Ben doesn't view this as work. He views it as helping others and he just happens to be what he gets paid for doing. And uh, it's that, that, that helping aspect of things that really led me to you and obviously why I think we've gelled so well together because you have everybody's best interest at heart. It isn't, hey, take this supplement, do this and do this. And then you don't even look at their check-ins and you're like, hey, go on. I mean, you're, you're held with a lot of responsibility. People fail at this. They're, they're failing again in their life. And who knows where that takes them from a, a failure perspective? You know, like, you know, if, if I, I failed so many times when I reached out to you, you were literally my last line. Right, like, like this, is, this is it because I fail it every other time. This is probably the rock bottom of the rock bottom of the rock bottom, and the fact that I have success with you is, I think, a direct equivalent that is because you like to help others, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think you know, I'd say the the calls and I'd say chat to people. It's it's the stuff that we've spoken about before when people are coming back and you know they they're even with you like your doctor saying about your blood work or you know somebody else or you know their sleep apnea or it's not. It's not about like whenever people come to me like oh, I want to look good with my shirt off at the beach. I'm like cool, like fuck yeah, like I get it. But it's not about that. Like okay, yes, the physical change is great. And one thing I've actually noticed recently is a lot of people are coming asking for what we always see as the byproduct. So you talk about brain fog and energy and focus and all this here. People are coming actually wanting that, and they know obviously the physical change will happen. But they're like, I need to have more energy. Like I need to be able to yes. be more focused and work and stuff like that. So I think. That's been a cool shift for me to see in terms of like, whenever I say to people I'm like, well, why are you here? Like, what is it you want to get from this? Or how can I help you? They're like, well, this is what I want. And they give me that list. And it's not necessarily, you know, I just want to lose weight or I just want to put on muscle or I want, you know, bigger biceps or whatever. It's like something that's actually going to benefit the quality of their life beyond having a six pack. You know, it doesn't I, really I, benefit the quality of your life, if I'm honest. It does, you know, cool it's, it's, it's good for Instagram, but that's, <laughs> you know, what's, what's interesting about, um, I think what what you've taught me and, and what has been instilled into me isn't, hey, I look good with my shirt off. That that was one component. I felt freaking awesome taking my shirt off at the beach. I walked around the beach. I was by far the most muscular person there. There was actually one guy. He was like 42, probably 42, 43. He looked really good. I was like, damn, dude, you look good. He's like, I'm like you got some good muscles. I didn't say that to him, but I was like, I want to go over and be like, hey, what, what do you what do you, what do you lift? You know where you're at? Because like, I was like... He puts the time in, you know, like I was kind of like, he's, he, he's a little bit bigger than I am. So there's one guy that was actually one, a little bit bigger than me the entire time I was there, but I was the biggest guy by far every other time but him. Um, but, uh, I was like, damn it. 
I was the biggest guy until you came aboard. So why are you on this island? When are you leaving? When's your, when's your, when's your vacation end? Um, but, uh, but you know, I felt great, obviously, with my shirt off. I walked around with my shirt off. Um, you know, and that, that's a very big step for me, by the way. And I've talked about this previously in the podcast, but me with my shirt off has always been a self-conscious piece of it. I felt absolutely fantastic out there. Felt great. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, I think what, what – and that, that's actually, I think, the first thing I said to you. You know, when I when I wanted to go on this journey, is like I want to look good with a shirt off, and I want to mm-hmm. have like a six pack of abs and everything that, that you talk about. Because I was so naive and myopic about what I was looking at. What I was looking for is how do I control my destiny and my health? And yeah, and yeah. I have that. I have all the tools necessary to control my destiny and my health. And if I don't want to do that, and if I just want to eat like shit all day and I don't want to lift, I, I can do that too. But I have all the tools necessary to make myself successful, my health journey, whatever that is. And, you know, you know, the biggest hurdles that we had before, whenever I gained a pound, I'm like, Ben, I'm getting fat. Ben, I'm getting fat again. I got I gained a pound. You know, like, I'm, I'm such a, a, a fat ass. You know, look at my pictures. Look at this. You know, I have this little piece of fat here. You can see it. You know, this pound, I can tell it's right here in the side. Um, you know, and, and I'd freak I gained, out. I gained a pound, and it's right here. It's right here. It's at this spot right here. I can tell. I can tell it's right there. Um, but, uh, but I think that that's, that's an interesting thing to mention because, you know, Obviously, we've spoken about we've spoken about before about mindset, and nine times out of ten, if someone comes to you wanting to lose weight or wanting to look good with their shirt off or whatever, they don't see it as they have a mindset issue. They don't see it that way. They see it as a weight issue. And obviously, yes. if you break it down, it is a mindset issue because it's how you think about things, it's how you think about like how you view your day and whatever else. And the same with the lifestyle, like it's a lifestyle thing. It's like what way are you choosing? What are your habits and those things? So. They don't necessarily come and go, oh, I have a problem with my mindset. Can you help? It's like, I'm overweight and I need to not be. What do we need to do? And then we break it down and that's it gets into the mindset. So it's almost like the, the fat loss aspect is the gateway in. And then you go, right, okay, well, this is not this is actually what your problem is, but it's like this is what we need to address first before we think about, you know, going down the line of, you know, fat loss or whatever it is. Yeah, I think I think that's a product of our society, right? Because you can take pills to lose weight, even though it doesn't really work. You can take a diet to lose weight, but it doesn't work. But you know, no one's ever satisfied when you lose twenty pounds. You're still skinny fat. You don't have the desired results you want to. You you probably still have the brain fog. You just ate. You just starved your body for six months, and you're, you feel like complete shit. You know, like all of these things are, are things that we've created ourselves with from a societal perspective. Versus the long-term vision of let's live a healthy lifestyle. And what does that mean to us? That's, hey, that's making changes in positivity that we talked about earlier. You know, that's surrounding ourselves with positivity so that we can be positive in nature towards ourselves and others, which directly equates to motivation or equates to everything else, getting our food under control, you know, not always being readily available. Caloric restriction is a good thing. It, it has longevity of life aspects of things, um, general health benefits. I mean, caloric restriction is, is a huge thing and understanding what calories you're putting into your body. Um, you know, all of these things are, are things that help you, you know, start to get control of these things. Resistance training, obviously, is a big component that you want to build muscle. But here's the thing, like, I, you know, I'll hear continuously time and time again, well, I need to lose 40 pounds. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, like, what does 40 pounds mean to you? Does that mean over time, because you, you, you incorporated resistance training, you're eating the right things from a calorie deficit perspective, you know, you're doing the right things to make that a long-term sustainable goal, or is your goal to try to do keto for six months and drop 40 pounds and then gain it back again, you know, gain 60 pounds again down the road? And it's those short-term views that really hurt us in our long-term goals because we want that immediate thing. We're, we're, we're taught a society, like just the other day, Amazon, I ordered uh, it's some sort of supplement. I don't even know what it is anymore, um, but... Uh, <laughs> 
which we should talk about a little bit of this. Um, it's some sort of supplement that I th- that I thought that was pretty good. Like r- real quick t- sidebar tangent. Um, so I really recently rebooted uh, my my supplement thing to simplify it and just just have a couple things, you know. And now I'm back to the same amount of freaking pills that I've been doing before because I keep adding stupid things. So it was what I ordered yesterday was uh, uh, choline and incidol, uh, which is uh, really good for for fatty liver liver enzymes and things like that. Just a good colon or a good liver um, type of cleanse. Anyways, I um, I bought it and within an hour I had it delivered my door. Within an hour, I've never seen it before. I'm like, oh my god! Like it's literally like I didn't even have to go. To, I, I couldn't even go to the store faster to pick that up and have it dropped off to my house. And I had it within an hour. So we want immediate things right now. Yeah. Health is the same thing. If I don't see a change in a day or two, if I don't drop five pounds in two days, you know, then I'm not doing it right. I need to starve myself. And in a I, I, I won't say who's doing this right now, but someone I know very close to me um, is doing a, a cleanse right now. And it's one of those like cleanses that they saw online. And it's like, you can only eat like these, these fucking bars that are like this tiny. And it's, 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 it's basically it's, it's a fasting diet to keep you in an intermittent fasting state. So obviously intermittent fasting is the big buzzword right now. Everybody's, you know, collecting on that, that bandwagon right now. Whereas really all you need to do for intermittent fasting is just have feeding windows where you eat certain times. And it's, you can do caloric restriction that way, but it's great for your body to, to not always, you know, have food available to you. It gives your body, you know, time to recoup and re- regenerate and digestive tract and everything else. But anyways, like literally eating just these tiny little bars and like these horrible like drinks that taste like acid and in and, and, and they have to do it for, for five days. And it's like it's like five hundred calories each day for five days. And this person is miserable, you know, every single day going through this. But I listen. I understand if you want to like cleanse your body, but that is not a sustainable diet. You're going to drop probably five or ten pounds, but you're going to gain it right back in two weeks. And and you know, so these types of diets that are on the news or some someone famous did it, you know, like those aren't things that are going to work for you long term. These are lifestyle goals, things you have to change with your your addiction to food, your addiction to to stress, your addiction to not working out and, and doing the healthy things. Those are what's going to make the big difference in you for being successful. I think actually the the famous person of the social media thing is a good point to note in this. I was on, uh, it was actually Stephen Bartlett, the guy at the Diary of a CEO podcast. And there was just a clip on him on Instagram and he was talking about the, the power of social media influence. So you're talking about, say, for example, I had a million followers and I was recommending taking this diet pill. Somebody else who comes into that is almost going, okay, well, there's a, a million people who are following this person who are saying yes to this thing. Yeah. So that's a million people that are backing this because yep. he's saying that. And I think that that's, Instantly. Boom. that's a big problem with yep. with the influence of social media. And if people sort of take it beyond things that are, I guess, actually will actually work or actually beneficial for, for health long term. And I think that, again, that's the tribe thing. And it's like, okay, well, you know, it's this many people are backing this person. So it must work or it must be good or whatever. Yeah, and, and I think the the influence aspect of things is how we, again, historically from a tribe perspective, you grew. We had tribe leaders. We had folks that were in charge of our tribes and its health and safety. Usually, the strongest ones would typically go out and fight, you know, wars and things like that with other tribes. And so, yeah, that's right. Yeah, maybe the tribe leaders. <laughs> Give me a spear. <laughs> Um, but, uh, um, you know, th- those types of, of influence aspects get down to our direct DNA of how we actually operate. Like we look at, at superiority in, in some way or shape or form. And that, that superiority is the wrong word. Um, we look at, at authority or we look at, uh, 
people in power as somebody that that are potentially better than us, which is not the case at all. They're human beings. They're no one's better than anybody else. Period. Like we're all equals when it comes to how we are as human beings. It's just one person may have had the success or became into a certain you know position of authority or social media awareness or whatever it ends up being or is a friggin' social media influencer, whatever the hell that is. Um, and, and it's taken as, as word of gospel when it's not actually surrounded in reality. And so a lot of these diets that come out, you know, like, I, I think it was like, not Dr. Phil, there's another like famous doctor that was like doing the raspberry ketone things. Like the ketones were like the, the, the latest scientific breakthrough research and how to lose weight and it was total bullshit. Um, and, and you know, a lot of these things are sa same thing. Like they'll see a, a controlled study that is done in mice that has some sort of applicability. And then all of a sudden now it's like that's the gospel because it's going to work in humans. And, and there are a lot of similarities between mice and humans, uh, but, but there's a lot of differences uh, but there's between the two as well and what actually works uh, from, a, from a chemistry perspective. And so you know, these small studies will come out and people are like, oh, this one root that is only found in the volcano of this area creates this effect where it's never been seen before and you can drop 70 pounds in two days. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, we need to get this. And then in supply and demand, people make a ton of money off of it. And all of a sudden now it's great. Intermittent fasting is a great example. Some great science behind it, some great benefits behind it, but it's been completely bastardized by these diet programs and things that aren't sustainable to allow you, like two hour feeding windows is total bullshit. Like I would hate my life if I can only eat for two hours. Like that's bullshit. And there's actually some studies there that show it's horrible for you. Like you gain weight in those situations. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we have to be able to look at what we know, what works for us, fit that into our lifestyle and create an ecosystem that works for us based on our priorities, our time, our efforts, what our goals are and accomplishment. But it can't be that short sighted view of, I need it done tomorrow. It's going to take time. Yeah. And I, I'm, the f thing about you saying about the two right? when they're like, I would almost see that as challenge accepted. I was like, right, how much food can I actually consume in two hours? Do you know what I mean? If I had a two hour eating window, I am, everything else is on pause. I am eating as much food as I possibly can in that two hour window, if that's all that I had. Um, but I think the one thing that I, well, number one, I always talk about time and I'm like, look, you know, it's not, it's not going to be an overnight thing. Like that's why I only work with people for a minimum of six months. And sometimes that's not long enough for what they, they want to achieve. Um, and the other thing is, you know, being able to being able to take things from these diets as such and build out your own thing with them. And I had this conversation on on Monday. I was like, I'm not a get, I'm not against intermittent fasting. I'm not. I want to say I'm not against keto, but I am. But it's like I know how to take aspects of what that plan is and make sense of it to fit my lifestyle. So I said this before. Generally, nine times out of 10, the first two meals I eat in a day are protein and fats. It doesn't mean that I do keto in the mornings, or it doesn't mean that if I skip breakfast, I do intermittent fasting. It's just I've taken bits and parts of, yeah. of different diets to what fit works for my you. lifestyle what works for you? to what works yeah. for me. Yeah, 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 exactly. And sa same thing for me. I'm not using intermittent fasting as a restriction for me to when I can eat and when I can't eat in order to reduce caloric restriction. What I'm doing is I'm using it to give my digestive system a break and to clean myself out from toxins so I don't eat anytime after 7 to 8 o'clock and I don't eat until 10 or 11 o'clock. So it's kind of like my goodish window to, to do it. And I do that on the weekends. I do it during the weekdays um, you know, because it works for me. Like when I get up in the morning, I don't need to eat right away. Um, you know, when I go to bed at night, I shouldn't be eating anyway, a ton of meals at night. So it's just that window works for me in, in, in my lifestyle, what we do. And I try to stick to that. I don't always stick to it, but I try to. But that's what, what works for me. You know, if you're in these rigid diets, again, you know, keto from a diabetic perspective is absolutely phenomenal. 
Um, you know, so if you're doing it for for health benefits, for like diabetes, for example, and to curve, you know, glucose epilepsy and as well. Like, it's actually very epilepsy. Good to have that's epilepsy. why that's what actually started. It, it yeah. started from epilepsy. They, they the diet actually was created because of epilepsy. Um, you know, but but you know, and if you're using it to try it out to see how you react to it and how you feel on it, great. You know, but if you're using it as a a system where you think that you're going to be able to stick to it for the rest of your life, you know, that is very difficult to do. I tried keto for six months and I hate it. First of all, I love meat and cheese. Love it. My my favorite food in the world is meat and cheese. I freaking hated meat and cheese by the end of this. I hated meat and cheese. I didn't want to touch another steak. I didn't want to touch another cheese. I hated life, you know, and, and the bathroom definitely did not like me either. So I was taking like, it was just horrible. Uh, you know, I felt like total shit the entire time, low energy, got the keto flu, you know, like, and, and I was just miserable on this thing. And it was, so it's not for me, not for me. <laughs> The thing, the the problem that I have with it is that the, I guess it's the tribe. It's the tribe that comes along with it. That can sort of be the the negative side of it. And it's like, no, this is the way and that is it. And they're not willing to have a conversation. They're not willing to accept anything else. I don't know if you've been in any of the the keto for beginners, Facebook groups or intermittent fasting, like those, that shit is entertaining. Like the questions that people ask, the things that are said in there, they're like, just total absolute nonsense that people are talking in there, but it's the it's the tribe that comes along with it. It's the lack of education as as the way they're doing it, and that's what I don't like. It's not necessarily the diet as such; it's everything that comes along with it. Well, you can say the same thing for the TRT community too, the testosterone replacement therapy th- community. I'm in a lot of those groups, and some of the questions you see there, like my my friend told me if I start taking testosterone, I'm going to grow a third ball. I'm like, well, no, that's not, that's not true. That's not going to happen. You know, like, like, you know, it's just, you know, the, the word of mouth stuff, the, the things that people hear and the uneducated aspects of things, which is why it's really important you, know, I think to have, you know, a coach or somebody that's a nutritionist or somebody that, you know, has obviously knows a doctor knows what the fuck they're talking about so that you can do this in a guided approach. If you just have some keto bro, you know, that's guiding you through keto, you know, and that, that's, and that's, you know, like, it's not the right approach for you and your healthy lifestyle. So like, like I'm saying, you know, like find a tribe. I think, I think tribes are important because it surrounds yourself with like-minded individuals that, you know, again, we operate in tribes. Our, our brains are designed to work in tribes. So if you can find a tribe that motivates you uh, to be successful and you motivate them to be successful, it's, it's how our brains work. So you're helping the tribe and the tribe is helping you for, for one outcome or goal of mutual success. And that is what you want to find. And that's why I think, you know, why I had such success with, with the BC fam group is because when I came in, first of all, I was the only guy there. And so, you know, I was like, Oh shit, you know, like, like, like you know, like, I don't know. I think the, the second thing you had, like was uh, all about, uh, uh, periods, which I, it was actually great for me. Cause like, I understood Aaron much more, more in depth. And I went to her. I'm like, Hey, I learned this about periods. She's like, what, what kind of group are you in? What is this? I'm like, what? I'm like, Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, but the thing with the, the the group is that you know they were so accepting of me coming in, um, and they were so awesome and motivating to me too. And seeing their progress and me contributing and learning, and then learning from you, obviously, you know, it created this this dynamic ecosystem of people trying to help one another. And I think you know with the, what we're doing with the the We Hack move, uh, Hack Health, the Hacking Your Health movement, uh, and We Hack Health, you know, all that stuff is is the same type of mentality of helping each other raise ourselves up to be healthy, right, and and to live longer. Yeah, I think, well, number one, if you're looking for a tribe and you're not ready, we have one. I'll put the link in the Discord. <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes. But uh, the, the thing that I, I talk about the client group and the family chat a lot now whenever I'm on initial calls, and the thing about it is that, number one, 
85, 90% of the people who are in it are within the same industry. So the struggles are the same and the things that they go through are the yeah. same. And the what I've recognized over time is obviously there's different people at different stages. So somebody will maybe come into the group called today and that'll be their first call. And there's maybe somebody who's two months in and this person's like, oh my God, like it's so overwhelming, like this, 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 and this, they're trying to take it all in. The person's like just slightly ahead of them would almost see themselves two months ago and needing that person and needing that sort of guidance. So there's people sort of along the way that are willing to offer their help. And I think that that's, that's a massive thing. Um, so yeah, it's cool. The whole thing, the, definitely the, the wider, the wider we hack health community is, is awesome too. And even the, the people on Twitter, like the hashtag, like it just keeps growing and growing and growing. It is. And it's, it's so cool to see people's progress and, and, uh, you know, where they're coming from and where they've gone and, you know, just seeing so many different people just, motivate one another and you know i get motivated because i'll be like oh you know i hit a new prt and everybody's like yeah it's awesome you know i can't wait to get there and you know like this is such an awesome uh you know way to share our successes and our goals because really you know we're competing with ourselves to get ourselves better right and to have people motivate you to go out there and say you know hey this is the right way to do things um i just want to give you know uh, what i want to what i would love to start doing uh, and hopefully we stick to this once a week is is just a quick highlight and shout out to somebody in the WeHack Health community um, that is either new uh, or that is impressing us in some way, shape, or form with what they're doing from a motivation perspective, positivity, um, just ways that they're outreaching to others um, or you know successes that they've had with themselves. You know, just a, an individual that we can highlight for that week, um, just to say congratulations for for what you're doing. And so this week, um, I want to congratulate uh, Jason Ram. And uh, Jason, relatively newer to the WeHack Health community, uh, came in and said, third day in a row, closing my exercise ring. First time since October 2019 that's happened, I think. A new dawning for me. My body needs it. My family needs it. WeHack Health. And he's got a picture of himself there. So, Jason, congratulations on your third day. Um, I can't wait to hear uh, next week when you're into your sixth day or tenth day. And as you continue to progress in that, um, you know, for a better health for your family, better health for yourself. And to get out there, I was in the same boat as you, my friend. And, uh, you know, I can tell you the, the, the family aspect of things is really what drove me, uh, forward. And I have so much more energy just yesterday. I was coaching my, uh, my kids, uh, AAU team for basketball. And I was in there doing the sprints with them and the suicides and going there and, and, you know, playing with them and having fun and, uh, goofing off with them and playing games. And they had just had a, had a total blast. And those are memories that I will always have in my life that they'll always have in their life because I was there and I had the energy to be able to do it. Last night, I was telling Ben this, just as a quick story from a family perspective. My son, Mason, he's like, Dad, I want to be jacked. I'm like, okay. Just, you know, he doesn't even hit this. He doesn't even hit you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hey, we have the same goals. You know, it's cool. Um, you know, so, um, he's like, but I, he doesn't even hit you know, puberty yet. But he's like, I want to lift. I want to lift. I'm like, cool, buddy. Let's do it. So last night, you know, I'd already gone my, done my lifting session. And Mason's like, right after, ba- right after basketball practice, which we put him through hell yesterday, just running and all this other stuff. They were exhausted. He's like. Dad, I know I only got like an hour before I got to go to bed, but can we just go lift? And I'm like, I love you, man. I love you, son. You know? And so we went over there next door and, you know, he's doing deadlifts and everything else. And I'm just sitting there teaching him form and technique. And he PR'd at 110 pound deadlift, which, you know, that's not bad for an 11 year old. Um, and so, you know, he's, you know, and, and we're, I'm burning out his legs and I'm like, you know, I'll just do a shoulder exercise myself. So I burned out my shoulders. Of course, Orange Theory today was shoulders, which I couldn't even pick up an eight pound to, to get over my head. It was just like, I was like, no, this hurts so bad. Um, but, uh, you know, those types of memories that I'll have impacting my kids' health and being part of my family and being active with my family, like a good example on vacation, I would have sat there and drank and er, drank all the you know alcohol 
ate all the food, and I would have sat there on the beach just completely not willing to move my, my spot in the position. And I was out there swimming with them. We went snorkeling. You know, we went and saw turtles. We were jumping off, you know, uh, the, the, the rocks, which we're not supposed to do, but we did anyway. And so good parents of the day. You know, those, those types of experiences are things that I would have never been able to do had I not had the energy. And so, you know, again, I don't want to make this about me. And I apologize if it came off that way. I just want to share that this lifestyle for me has changed my life with my family to be able to be there for them and to have those moments that I didn't have before. And so, Jason, welcome to that journey. And uh, it's going to be an awesome ride. Stick with it. I know you will. And uh, if you ever need any support, we're always here for you at the, the, the Hacking Your Health community. Yeah, I think the, the point in it is, you know, whenever you were on day three, you wouldn't have seen the stuff that you just talked about. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't have seen being able to go, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. the thing about it is, like, it's tough. And one of the, uh, Mike, the guy that he had a, his onboard call today, so he'll be starting tomorrow. He, um, his sort of motivation to start is he wants training to be fun again. And obviously, if you don't do it for a while or you haven't done it for a while, it's not fun because it's fucking chore that you're putting your body through. And it's like, it's tough. So it's getting past that point. So recognizing that at the start that it's tough, but knowing, you know, what the, like what you can achieve down the line if you just stick to it, it's definitely, definitely worthwhile. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, um, it's no longer a chore for me to do lifting. I enjoy lifting. It's like my, my sanctuary, my home, my, my mental spot. It's my, it's my everything, man. Like not everything. I mean, obviously family is everything, but, uh, it, it, like when I get to lift, I'm at a different place. I'm, I'm relaxed. I feel great. Uh, you know, I feel accomplished and I'm just there with myself. I'm competing against myself. Granted, you know, I compete in orange theory quite a bit with other people, but when I'm in my gym by myself, um, even at the gym is fine. But, uh, you know, those, those things make a big difference in our lives and just getting there to go out and do it. Even if it wasn't the greatest day, like yesterday, I told you, you know, I had, I lifted legs Sunday. So my legs were still pretty sore. So I, I went very light, uh, on legs, but I still did it. I was out there. I did it. You know, even though I could have just said, Hey, I can take today off. No, I went out and I did it. I accomplished something and I, I continued on. So, you know, it's just that, that repetitiveness and doing the repetitiveness and going above yourself and, and Huberman, Andrew Huberman, uh, the, the neurobiologist or neuroscientist over at Stanford, he uh, talks about how you create neural pathways when you do this and your body will fight new behaviors at first, but doing it repetitively over time. And it can take anywhere between, you know, three weeks to three months, but it starts to become normal nature for you and what you do. Same thing for working out the way I put on my deodorant, the way I, I, I brush my teeth, the way I put Rogaine in my hair. So I don't lose my hair. You know, all of those things are, are, are things that I do on a daily basis so that I, I, I have a, a specific standard of things that I do, right? Same thing with taking a shower. If you stink, you go take a shower. Definitely needed a shower yesterday before practice, and I didn't get it in. So I, I was stinking at practice. You know, those are things that you do on a regular basis. So um, lifting becomes the same thing. It's a, a normal behavior. When I go downstairs, I'm doing it because it's part of my normal routine. And that takes time to build up. You will get there, and it will become less painful. The, the DOMS, the late onset uh, muscle soreness that you get, the super soreness goes away. You know, all those things that are preventative things that our body fights us on eventually goes away and becomes second nature to us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one thing we haven't spoken about is your new training plan. Yes. So I am super excited about my new training plan. Uh, so long story short, with Ben coming over, uh, he got to see all the equipment that I have, which uh, I, I got approval from Aaron to get another piece of equipment. I actually ran this one through her without 
buying it and just having it show up because I knew it was going to be one of those ones where it's like there's no way I'm hiding this one. Um, and so I got a – I fell in love with Smith Bars. I really love Smith Bars, uh, Smith Machines. Uh, they're incredible. Um, you know, rack pulls are my favorite on those. Squats are incredible, especially my lower back issues. Feel super stable on them. Uh, and so I, uh, I started switching to Smith Machines, especially when I'm, I'm not at my house. And I just really love them for pretty much bench press, everything. Like I just, it's just amazing, uh, you know, shoulder presses, et cetera. And so I got a new, new rack coming. But anyways, Ben came over uh, to, to take a look at all my equipment, obviously hang out all that good stuff, and uh, create a new training program for me. So I'm really excited. It's actually less work than I was doing before. And what's interesting um, about this program that I realized uh, is I was doing way too much that wasn't necessary. You know, I'd spend an hour and a half to two hours in the gym and, and just – destroying myself, which is a good thing, um, but it wasn't necessary. I wasn't doing anything other than really making my recovery even harder to do. And, you know, what I, what I realized with this new training program is I'm only lifting, uh, what, five days a week. Um, and on days that I have Orange Theory, uh, my HIIT training, which is Monday, Wednesday, I used to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm only going on two now. Uh, I don't have major, so today I don't have a lifting session. Uh, Monday, my lifting session was just arms, which is a lot easier to do. So I was finding that if I worked out, and I had to lift at the same time. I wasn't giving as much performance as I could be. It's kind of tired and, you know, doing it twice in one day was kind of a, a tough time. So I'm really excited about this new training program. I did, um, you know, it was a full body push yesterday. Uh, so I were pushing legs yesterday. Uh, so our chest and I should say chest and legs yesterday and then arms. And then uh, we were doing um, pull tomorrow and then uh, got a full body push on Friday. And then Saturday is... Uh, arms legs and, and arms. legs. Yep, yep, yep. Legs limbs. And arms, I was so. going to write limbs, but we'll do legs and arms. <laughs> really excited. Love, love the program, man. I love that it's all customized off equipment I have, and it's the stuff I love doing. And a lot of the ones that you know I haven't done before, you know, like the ones that you showed me around, um, you know, lateral raises, the cross lateral raises uh, while seated, um, seated lateral raises, uh, the um, uh, bicep, you know, specific bicep curls. You know, those those are all just like really awesome things that I'm loving doing and attacking my muscles from different angles. So I've been having a great time with it. So appreciate that. Cool. I'm excited to see what we achieve with this one. Yep. Me too. Me too. All right. That's, that's us wrapped up. Yeah. Next week we have a guest. We have a guest. I'm excited. So we want to get more guests on, obviously, and that's important for us to uh, get different folks in. But I'm really excited about this one because uh, when when Ben uh, brought this in, I'm like, all right, I might have might have found somebody that was a little weird, you know, like, you know, just... <laughs> this, is the, this is like the hippie shit that people are like, okay, it's basically <laughs> Sean, the guy that does the breathwork sessions is coming on the podcast next week and it's actually going to fall quite nicely. So we're recording obviously next Wednesday. It will drop on the Tuesday, which is the 3rd of May. And then he's joining our weekly group call on the 4th. So it's been a while since he's been on. He's got a cool story. So yeah. I'm excited to share that. He is from Strabant. So forewarning, he has an accent, which will be entertaining. Obviously, you know, you've, you've heard him before, but I'm looking forward to having him in. I'm looking forward to allowing him to tell his story and I'm looking forward to getting him back in the, in the weekly group call. Yeah, I just want to explain to people, keep an open mind. So the first time that he came on, we did what was called a breathing, breathing journey, right? Um, yeah. Or breathing exercises. And I will tell you, it was probably one of the most intense things that I have ever experienced before in my life. Uh, you know, just the, the how our bodies process imagery and how we can use that from a breathing technique perspective and how we can force our bodies. Like, you know, basically, you know, long story short is you know, he basically creates this environment that you're visualizing in your head that you're there and you're doing breathing exercises, you're climbing up a mountain, your breathing gets more and more, you know, chaotic as you're going up. And it's just, 
I'll tell you, it was it was intense. It was awesome. Uh, I, some some high levels of deep relaxation, some high levels of of exertion. I felt like I had done a full body workout afterwards too. Um, it was it was really cool. And um, so when you when you talk about this, there's some really great people out there doing a lot of research on on breathing, and it's got some really awesome benefits for your health, your body, your mind, uh, everything else. And I was really skeptical at first, and I was like, you know, if Aaron comes in here and I'm literally sitting on the ground going. <laughs> You know, like she's like, what the hell is what the hell is what the hell is Dave doing right now? What is now? this like, group? This group you're in. Yeah, what is this group? We get periods one week, and you see her, see her doing you know breathing exercises up a mountain the other. So, but uh, it was it was incredible, and I really the way you know, I describe really it is it's it's the it's the most outer body experience that I've ever had, yes. and you do you do genuinely need to commit to it. But if you do. I call it unlocking the keys to the kingdom. Like what you can achieve, what you can visualize, like what you get from it is is absolutely incredible. So I'm looking forward to having him back on. I'm looking forward to having him on the podcast. I think it will be a very cool episode. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be next week. That's it. Well, hey, everybody. That's Thanks it. so much for listening to us today. Uh, obviously, Hacking Your Health. We hack health on, on Twitter. Check out our Discord, everything else that we're on from a social media perspective. And just want to say we appreciate you and sharing your experiences. So please get out there, share your experiences. If you're listening to us, um, hit us up on the We Hack Health uh, uh, Twitter handle um, and the We Hack Health hashtag. Uh, we're always monitoring them, looking for folks and uh, you know, encouraging you as you go on your journey. So thank you all very much. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week.